And welcome to the eighth episode of the Neural Public podcast, where we'll talk about everything about experimentation, personalization, and that ugly word, CRO. Uh, today's a special one. We're going to do something a little bit special. Uh, I'm joined by my host, which I'll introduce in a second. But today, we're going to do a really special podcast around the COVID special. So everything that has happened to us and what we are doing and how we're helping our clients and also what we're doing internally and across our own brands. What are we doing to prepare? And also, what are we doing to structure ourselves as the market slows down so that we don't get impacted that heavily as organizations? With me, I've got my two fantastic co-hosts. And first, uh, Richard from Optimizely, say hello. Hello. And as everybody knows, Jess, our other fantastic co-host uh, from NIB. Jess, say hello. Hi. And we are joined by our very special guest, John Ekman, who was and still is the founder of uh, Sweden's largest experimentation consultancy and probably one of the largest ones in the world, Conversionista. John, say hello. Hello. And welcome. John's now living in Australia and we're, I'm lucky to have him working with us at New Republic. So he's got a mountain of wealth of experience. We thought it'd be great to have him on as well because he'll give us that international flair for what's happening uh, with his business overseas as well. So as I said, today's the COVID special. Uh, the, the theme of today is about how to speed up in a slow market. As, as you've seen, you're probably experiencing, there's a lot of people going through some ma massive impacts. So today is about getting everyone's point of view. So I'm going to throw it over to my team. I think today I might start with you, Rich. You know, you talk to a lot of clients and you're across a spectrum of different industries and businesses. I'm keen to hear what's happened from your side. What has been the biggest impact from COVID beyond everyone working from home? what businesses have been suffering, what businesses are succeeding and, and what are the, some of the tactics you've been seeing? Uh, yeah, thanks, Nima. So you're right. We speak with um, organisations across a range of industries and we're doing that in Australia and around the world. And what, we're, what we've noticed is that no industry is untouched. We've got customers in the travel industry and they are hurting. Their businesses are under incredible strain. So with those organisations... Their focus has pivoted far away from traditional conversion rate optimization. But even if you're in industries that are maybe in essence booming right now, like media, for instance, is getting traffic like they've never got before, that doesn't mean that they can monetize that traffic in the same way that they've monetized that traffic before. Yeah. So it, even those industries are facing changes to the way that they, their, their businesses operate. Yeah, interesting. And, and obviously retail, those who were pure play digital continue to be pure play digital, but those with bricks and mortar stores have huge challenges with those bricks and mortar stores um, and different countries are dealing with it in different ways. So we've seen every industry is impacted and the way that we have noticed most organizations want to apply this process, experimentation and what experimentation tools deliver initially is a pivot to the customer. So let's focus, let's not worry about acquisition, let's focus on the customer. How do we communicate with them right now in what is an incredibly strange period where everyone's trying to adjust to a new normal? Yeah. So that was kind of stage one and most organizations have come through that. And then stage two seems to be, 
what are we planning for for post-pandemic? How are we accelerating our shift to digital if that's something that your business needs to do? And then what are we doing to prepare for what will be um, a rush from customers or a rush that we want to generate post-pandemic so you back up to as close to business as usual as possible as soon as the ability to do that is there. It's and like they're waking up to the reality that this isn't something that's going to end in a week. This is something that's going to be here for months, right? Yeah. And then how do you, how do you get back to normal as soon as we have the ability to be back to normal? Yeah. So we speak to organizations that are building new products to be able to serve digitally. And we speak to others that are preparing the campaigns that must come as soon as they have the ability to deploy those. How do you get maximum value from those straight away? So that those seem to be the, the three. Pivot to customer now, accelerate your shift to digital if you haven't done that already and prepare for that post-pandemic campaign. Yeah, interesting. Jess, is that, is that kind of in line with what's happening with you guys? I mean, you're kind of in that good space, bad space, right? Absolutely. Uh, so obviously, um, lots of people are having to rethink what they're spending money on and, mm. uh, and how it can benefit them. And I guess for us, we are still watching and trying to understand what our users and our members need from us at this time. And so I guess the pivot for us hasn't quite happened. We haven't, um, we've kind of just continuing on uh, the same path whilst we're trying to understand, well, what is the new normal as part of this, about part of COVID and um, what are people doing? And I guess taking a bit of a step back to then say, all right, well, how does our strategy need to change um, so that we are able to get the most out of um, what we have and also focus on supporting members more, like you said, Rich. It's super important for us to know, for our members to know that, you know, we are still here, even though they can't, might not necessarily be able to be a member at this time. Um, So, yeah, it's really just kind of an evaluation piece that we are going through at the moment just to kind of understand, all right, well, how is this going to impact us and what do we need to change or will we still look to continue our experiment program going um, you know, as is. It's interesting. We've, we've um, I mean, we got hit, you know, our, our relationship with clients is very symbiotic. If they get hit, we get hit. So, you know, we got, we definitely got hit. And I think we've pivoted towards helping clients better understand customers. So research has become a big part of the current programs of work that we're doing. People are trying to understand who this customer is. Cause think of it like there was a really interesting, um, research piece I saw and it was actually from one of the guys from go group who put up uh, Amazon searches one week pre COVID one week after COVID. And can you imagine what was the number one search thing during COVID hand sanitizer pre COVID? It was like, you know, we or PlayStation or whatever. And then it was like within a week hand sanitizer, toilet paper. That was what people said. So, so it's just such a paradigm shift that this customers completely changed. And what we're, the thing that we did, we went back to our clients and we said, look, let's just for a second take stock. Let's do some research, understand what's the feeling and the essence of customers right now and, and is what we're doing the right thing to do or do we need to pivot or do we, is this just a moment in time? Like, Do they see it as a moment in time or is this going to completely change the way they buy and think? 
So we've, we've kind of pivoted into research, get to know the customer and a lot more, we've had a lot of more requests to focus on member engagement. So current customer engagement rather than acquisition, that's been a big shift for us as well. John, I'm, I'm curious, like, I mean, you know, you run a consultancy similar to New Republic overseas. I mean, what's, what's happening over there? I guess it's the same, same stuff everywhere. Everyone's kind of hunkering down and trying, trying to be in some cover while this storm is above us. Uh, I think that um, I, I try to prepare a little bit for this uh, podcast and wrote down a lot of thoughts around what is really happening. And I think that I, I think the difficulty for us being in the experimentation space that we are, we're all of us thinking about um, experimentation. And I, I guess the business as usual for us is that we use experimentation in order to uh, help clients uh, discover new opportunities and do things a little bit differently to improve the business. And right now our, our clients uh, it's not that they need to change their business because their business is changing them. It's like they're, they're, they're just um, being impacted by this thing. So they're just trying to control it. And so there's a bit of a lack of bandwidth for, for people like us to speak with brands. Uh, but uh, never I thought about it in terms of three stages, similar to what you were saying, Richard, I think your insights were, were really good. I call it like recover, revive and thrive. Um, and so it's basically how you transition in three phases and, and using experimentation. And Say that is again, John, you said it really quickly, recovery. I, yeah, it's recover, revive and thrive. Yeah. I, I think that you just have to look at it. I, also very interesting what you said previously, Richard and Jess. Richard, you mentioned back to normal and Jessica, you were talking about the new normal. I guess back to normal is kind of, for me a kind of an illusion. Uh, there's, uh, there's definitely going to be a, a new normal. and. Um, these uh, transitions, these crises that happen, it like really reshapes the way that you, the humanity works. So the world will come out at afterwards, it'll be completely different. And when you look at these big ships, I was thinking about the car industry. Just look at the car brands that are still with us. They all, almost all of them, maybe with the exception of Tesla, were formed at the beginning of the century. Uh, so they've been with us for a very long time. So whatever happens, like post COVID, it'll be there probably for a really, really long time. So there's a there's a potential for a really big land grab once uh, people starting getting their stuff into gear. And I think what brands really need to think about uh, so they don't get caught in this recover phase. So they're staying there forever, but they really need a transition plan. So how they can move on as brands to the next phase, which is the revive phase. And that's where I think that I think a big threat for companies now is that they get stuck in the recovery phase. So they're basically dodging and ducking and, and trying to live with this thing. And then when they finally emerge on the kind of other side of it, they will find out that the, the land grab has already begun and they're running behind. So I think uh, uh, a lot of companies need to quickly understand how they can uh, be a part of whatever is going to happen uh, like after this first uh, a recover phase of COVID. It's interesting. Jess, we've got, I'm interested in something um, from your perspective. We've got a client of ours, very large chemist, and um, they their concern is that um, the traffic that's coming into them are nonsensical audiences. They're not normal customer. And the behaviors that they're doing are non-normal. So experimenting with those customers is generally 
I mean, I don't want to say a waste of money, but it, it's not it's not a norm, right? You can't trust the results. Right. It's, it's like yeah. running a test during a sale. You know, that behavior is influenced by something else, right? So you yeah. know it's not normal behavior. Have you started excluding audiences or dissecting uh, behaviors and looking at like, this is not a norm, so we're not going to test there, but this this is kind of normal, we'll test there? I think it has definitely shaped uh, experiments that we were going to run with so uh, I guess some of those more new concept new concepts that we wanted to try out we kind of have pulled back on those and said well now is not really a nice time to do that yeah uh, especially in the um, kind of salesy space like yeah uh, we don't necessarily want to be sold to as much at the moment so kind of it would be a waste of a, a great idea yeah. To be shut down because the audience wasn't ready yeah. uh, for us to test out mm. that um, initiative. So I guess we're kind of starting to think about, well, is it more of a housekeeping time where we can kind of make things as efficient as possible um, and not kind of try and do some of those brilliant out there ideas yeah uh but yeah i don't know just now how much we can trust some of the uh, stats that we'll get through what actually defines erratic behavior like the covid style of behavior yeah um we still haven't quite nailed that down yet Mm. um but yeah it'll be definitely something that we'll be looking out for um as the next, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, this thing's crazy. It moves so damn quick. It's hard uh, to figure it out. Go I, ahead, Ryan. I wonder if there's a, another side to that. I think it depends on the industry that you're in. Um, and I'm thinking of retail specifically right now where the only way that you can shop is if you are shopping online and doing click and collect or deliver. Ideally deliver. I think a lot of places now you can only get delivery. So there is a whole host of new users, ones that never would have shopped in this fashion before. So I I get the comment around nonsensical users, but there's also a cohort of people who are your potential new digital customers. I like that. So we've heard of organizations that are saying, well, if you're first time to the site, maybe even first time to digital shopping, this is a really good opportunity to test onboarding. Like Mm. if you've never done this before, that's a cohort of people where you could really learn a lot about how do we get someone, inspire them, navigating through the site, the purchase process, what do we need to do for new customers in the hope that those customers remain digital shoppers? It's a really valid point, right? Because the environment changes your context and it causes a behavior that there's an audience group that aren't shopping online that they're now forced to do it. So I think it's a really nice insight around how do you start to engage that audience? But again, it's like, is that the new audience you're going to always have? Or is that like this, this kind of they're forced to do it. They'll do it for a period of time and then drop off, right? It's an opportunity. It is. Um, and, yeah. and a non-COVID example, but media organizations that win rights to large sporting events have a new audience that are looking at that particular sporting event and they're trying to convert those into long-term users. Yeah. So you get a moment in time and then you might get new audience out of this that you never had before. And that's one of the benefits of doing it. So there's an opportunity here for some industries. I I just don't think that I know on a lot of retailers, they literally uh, shut their doors and just praying to God that that they can just wait this thing out, which. But then I heard another one that said, it's like black Friday. Every day. Twice a day, every day. <laughs> Depends People what they're saying. Are crazy. 
Well, you know what it is? It, it just shows the ones that have the infrastructure ready because there's yes. a lot of retailers who just don't have the infrastructure to deliver on these sales. And the ones that don't, and you've and it, it became really apparent to me, is like they've built websites that are basically checkouts. They're just online checkouts. They haven't got the infrastructure to deliver, to manage all that other stuff around it. So there's a lot of retailers that are just shut the doors and they're trying to weather the storm. And they, are, they have an e-commerce, but they can't use it. They can't actually deliver on those orders that are coming through. I found absolutely shocking. John, when, with Conversionista, what are some of the tactics that you guys are using for your clients? Like how are you helping them navigate? I, I know one case that I did, we just released, we have done a really big project for uh, one of Europe's uh, largest um, like electronics retailers. They're called MediaMarkt. Uh, so they needed to understand, they needed to like supercharge their e-com. We were working with their e-com uh, since way back, but they, they more or less hired a growth team with 10 people that just were tasked with how, like, how can you scale this thing as quickly as possible? So that's, that's of course, one of those things that, that, those, that are opportunities for a consultancy like us in the in Republic, of course, as well. Mm. Um, so there, there are some, there are some people that are, that just realize what you just said, that there's a bottleneck, they can't deliver. And, and now we're not talking about conversion rate optimization. We just, we need like a task force that can attack it from all angles and just remove the bottlenecks and just get this machinery flowing at a 10 times the speed it was before. So, yeah. so, so there are some clients, um, uh, of course, like that. And, but I, I would say that probably is still a minor, minority of, of everybody out there. When it comes to digital, I guess there, uh, if you want to do a classification there, are, I think there are probably three types of companies that, the ones that can't profit from digital, like restaurants, and they just can't. There's their their business is going somewhere else. Yeah. I was also thinking of like Hoyts and Odeon, those uh, theaters. Uh, it goes to their competitors. There, there is like they, there's nothing they can do with that. Yeah. And then you have the ones that have some digital business. I I probably I would say like maybe Woolworths or something like that. And now they're struggling to how can we? There's so much more demand here. How can we deliver on this? And then you have it, the, the last ones are the pure digital players. So you have Zoom and I don't know, here in Australia, you have, I guess, everything there around like Canon, Atlassian and all those companies that are just pure digital companies. And they have now so much more demand. Uh, so they have this beautiful problem, which is just how can we scale even faster than we did before? Yeah, interesting. Rich, what are you, what are you advising? Like you've got brands coming to you at the moment. Like what are you guys advising them? Like how do they... In, in your opinion, I've got mine here, but in your opinion, how, how should be people be preparing once we come, because we are going to come out of this, when we come out of this, how should people be preparing? What should they be doing? I mean, a lot of people look at experimentation as a, as a few brands that they see it as a, it's a core fundamental of what they do. There's a lot of brands that see it as like this nice to have, right? How do you, how are you talking to them about how they prepare? Like what, how should they be looking at this in the future? Yeah, so there's a few things that we've been looking at. Um, one in that first section of how do we support customers right now? Um, you see on a lot of people's websites saying, look, we're experiencing incredibly high call volumes. There's going to be long wait times. And that's a good communication to give to customers. But we're advising organizations to try and find ways to better serve those customers digitally so you take the pressure off those call centers. Yep. And that, that's a more difficult thing than putting up. So some customers struggle to put up the message, but more important is 
How do we help customers digitally? So there's a, a rich pool of experimentation where you can try out what are the common requests that we're getting? What information do people need? Um, how do we best communicate that in order to take the pressure off those call centers? Because I think that that really does help right now. And it's long term. Yeah. It impacts yeah. your um, cost base if you can keep that going going forward. So that's the first one. Um, the second one in this shift to digital, a big part of it is product experimentation. People are now having to build things that they haven't had to build before in order to support digital in some cases or scaled yeah. digital in others. So building experimentation into that product development gives you a greater chance of success, does it with less risk. Um, also that, agility, you speed up in getting your stuff out there. And that's a concept that we explored in the last podcast. It's new. Not many people in Australia are doing it. I don't so know, true. John, maybe if you can comment how much this is present in Europe, but the ability to experiment in your digital product development is something that we're encouraging customers to explore. Interesting. John, John, yeah, sorry, mate. Is there more? Well, so we, it, I am genuinely curious on John's perspective on Europe on that. And then there's a third bit, if you want, in terms of uh, other things that we're advising customers to be looking at. And that's in relation to personalization and machine learning. Yeah, interesting. John, just to yeah, Richard's mate, question. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I, I, I would say that, um, I, would, I guess I would love to say that, oh, yeah, we're so far ahead and uh, mm -hmm. it's like a big theme and like, <laughs> but it's, it, it really isn't. I think that uh, at, the, at the core of some of the presentations that I do is that I see that there's like, a, there's two tracks that, and they're running kind of, they're like, a, I don't know, sister and brother that doesn't really speak to each other. And so that you have this whole world that came out of like Eric Ries and the, the lean startup and growth hacking and, and fail fast and minimum viable product and, and all that stuff. And like, yeah, let's be agile and let's have growth teams and stuff like that. They're, they're not using the experimentation methods that, that probably Richard, you would be talking to your clients about daily. It's more, it's more get stuff out, out there, throw, throw something on the wall, see if it sticks, that kind of approach. And then you have the experimentation, which is uh, run by a, uh, existing businesses it's about tweaking finding the roi uh producing like smaller sequential uplifts etc and i haven't really seen these two well if you go to conferences about experimentation in cro you hear some of the speakers talking about it but like the rubber hasn't really hit the road in that those mm. those, those two tracks are still parallel i would say even in europe and but i don't know about the us but definitely in europe so it's going to take a little bit time before they merge, but um, I think uh, you're optimizing, guys. You're doing a good, great job about uh, like bringing that perspective to the market. Uh, I know, I know. From our perspective, the the thing that I think will come out of this, and and I think how organized we've we've gone to all our clients, and there's four things that we're telling them: is focus on your CRM, focus on your current members, and bring experimentation thinking into your CRM. That's the first place that we're taking. Second part is research. Go out and learn about your customers. Go talk to them. Go figure out what are they doing? Where are they going? Where's their headspace? What's the key things that's driving their decision making so you can better understand them? The third one is personalizations, Rich. I'm, I'm very much uh, in support of that. I think personalization is going to be key for the future as we come out of this. And then the last one that I'm quite passionate about is new channels. Because when we come out of these, new channels are going to form whether that be a digital channel, but like, for example, chat, I believe will become a primary function for how people uh, communicate, answer questions, and also purchase. 
And I think this period, this six months of lockdown is going to force chat to become a primary purchase channel, if not a primary customer engagement channel, uh, because call centers are going to be busy and people want those responses quickly. So I think new channels to sell, new channels to communicate, they're the four areas that we're talking to all our customers about. You really need to start focusing. In the research part, uh, Rich, you've been fortunate. You and I did a presentation to the guys at Airtasker around motivation and understanding behaviors as a way of understanding of understanding customers on that next level and i know john you've done a lot of talks on that i think there's real value in looking at researching motivation and how emotions drive decision making especially in a time like that where fear and uncertainty are key aspects in every decision making so we're driving all that's the four areas that we're really focusing and also talking to customers about is that, is that kind of in these things you've been hearing, Jess, are they in line with the way you guys are thinking or are you guys still forming your plans? Yeah, no, it definitely aligned with how we've been thinking. Um, just kind of, I guess, a big thing that's come out of this chat is that, you know, we've got to be ready to adapt and kind of look ahead and set up for that. Um, we've got kind of some more long-term projects, so it's kind of, an ability for us to catch catch our breath a little bit and setting yep. up for kind of when things do return to whatever the new normal is. Yep. Yeah, I guess what are some of the bang for our buck things that we could do in the short term, but really looking ahead and saying, well, how are we going to adapt to yep. whatever is next? This and new norm. It's such a scary time. Very, very scary. Um, just out of curiosity, if you guys, I mean, we're coming close to wrapping, but if you guys had to give, um, actually, before I go to that, Jess, I've got one question for you. There's all this stuff that you see the experimentation industry. They're like, oh, we'll give free advice and da da da, da. You're representing a brand here. You know, for all the other brand markets, if you could share their voice right now, how, how could entities like mine, John's and Rich, how can we help brands at the moment? What's the most relevant way to provide assistance? Because I think there's a lot of people it's not about business. They're human beings and they want to help and, you know, they've got knowledge. And I think a lot of times everyone thinks whenever a supplier calls, it's they want money. But I think right now people just genuinely want to help. And it's really hard to be authentic in times like this because everyone's in survival mode, right? How, how could, uh, you know, consultancies and technology partners and suppliers like recruiters or whoever, how can they actually genuinely help a brand at the moment? So I guess it's, it's not really the answer, but what I would hate to see is that brands stop trying to pursue experimentation because of things that are happening at this time. Obviously, we're quite set up in our experimentation. Some people are less so and they have yep. a lot more precious pressure on them around that nice to have. And so I think a key area where I would see agencies and suppliers like yourselves would be to help those uh, brands understand how they can get value from experimentation, even though mm. they don't have the influx of buying traffic at this time. So I think there's, <laughs> I've, I've been a part of this COVID crap uh, movement yeah. that is on which is that kind of advice to different brands that are going through this side of things and I think that offering of time to help people understand a bit more around that 
experiment strategy and how it might have to shift for them at mm. this time would probably be the most beneficial that comes to mind. Do you think it's point. a worthwhile investment right now to, to spend time talking to people about like how can experimentation or, or is it better to like run around with your hands in the air screaming? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Is that what you feel like you need to do? <laughs> I just wanted to demonstrate. And for the record, it's not a leading question. No, no. It's not a leading question. But like, I, like I, I had a really good comment from someone just the other day, interestingly, in the um, health insurance space, Jess. And they said the message from senior leadership was if you are dealing with the COVID mitigation strategy then that's what you're focused on but everybody else just get back to doing your jobs yeah so i and i want to give that to you nima because there are organizations and people in those organizations that just need to be focused on doing their job yeah some people are focused on covid and that's really important but for everyone else business can't stop yeah i just feel like there's a lot of organizations that have just stopped they just don't know what to do right now and i and it and I think now's the time, like, and I loved your statement. Now's the time to go out and start experimenting with this new climate, new customer around what are the things we can do to help them because they're new to this and we're going to try and guide them, whether it's through onboarding or whatever it might be. I think it's a really, it's a brilliant way to think about it. Absolutely brilliant way to think about it. Last question from me. And then from that point, we can say good day and give our advice to other people in our own way. If you had, Two pieces of advice for a brand. I'm going to ask you each two pieces of advice of what they could be doing tomorrow that will help them uh, speed up in a slow market. John, what would be your two pieces of advice? I'm not sure if it's two pieces of advice, maybe two wrapped into one, but I'm thinking from a, a consumer psychology point of view, I think there is going to be a shift in consumer psychology. So we're going to see some, some, uh, some uh, trends that go up and then go down like the chemist, uh, company that you talked about, they see some silly traffic and they can't trust it and it'll go away someday. But there's going to be new consumer patterns that are going to be much more uh, prominent in the future. And yeah. I think right now people are turning back to secure things. So I, I saw an ad from Harvey Norman in the, um, in the Sydney Morning Herald this uh, weekend. It, it was a small ad and it said, Harvey Norman, shop with confidence. Uh, I'm not sure if that maybe that's what they always do. I'm not, I'm not Australian, so I don't know. So, so people now want confidence. They want uh, trustworthy things they can trust. So probably messaging that goes back to, you know, your childhood and being in your grandparents' couch, you know, our financial services feels like cuddling up around the fireplace together with your grandma. I don't know. This sounds a bit cheesy, I know, but, but anchoring uh, consumer experiences is in things that seem secure, like the way it used to be, stuff like that. I think there's a lot of experimentation you can do with your messaging and anchoring the consumer's mind into, into things that feel secure. So I guess then my two pieces of advice would be to, uh, to bring out those themes and secondly, to start experimenting with them. It's a nice one. My two uh, pieces of advice would be to uh, think about how you can adapt uh, your business to these consumer patterns restaurants and cafes have done a stellar job in terms of trying to make things work and mm. have moved quite quickly. So I would like to look at your business or my business and understand kind of how we can adapt to these different patterns of behavior and this 
this time. And then uh, another space would be to kind of look where is some key areas where you can make things a little bit easier. So uh, on site, whether it's, you know, extra support for your customer or making a, a joint application all that more easier to complete. Um, what are the different kind of supporting things that you can do on site to uh, experiment with um, yep. and improve an experience? Love that. Rich, you want to go next? Uh, yeah. So I'll do two, one for each of a different type of organization. Um, there's those organizations out there that have been resisting the transition to digital. Mm. And I think now it's clear that it's time to go all in. You're going to need to do it quickly, effectively, and safely. And if you want to do all three of, all three of those, that means experimentation. Yeah, very true. Because it's data-led, right? You're, you're using experiments to figure out what's the right direction to take. Yeah. And then for those who are already there, using experimentation to, as you say, Jess, make it as efficient as possible for consumers and then being able to deliver the most impactful campaigns when it's appropriate to do so to grab as much land as possible in the land grab to use John's words. Yeah, really nice. Uh, I think to wrap it up, my two would be very simply this. They, there's a study that says it takes a uh, human adult three months to start to form a new habit if the government puts in the social isolation rules for six months, new habits are going to be formed. So I think the first thing you need to do is start to identify uh, what habits are starting to be formed in your digital experience. So for example, if people are starting to use your chat as a way of getting information quickly and efficiently or asking information before they make a purchase, or if they start utilizing other ways of purchasing your items or doing unique purchase behaviors, start to tap into those behaviors because they could become your new norm. So that's my first one is understand that the period that we're in is not short enough for new habits not to be formed. This is a period where new habits are going to be formed and they're going to, and like Rich said, the drive to digital is going to become key because that's probably the habit that's going to be the primary habit. So that's the first part. The second part is don't guess, bring your customer into your experimentation program. We don't talk to customers enough. What we do is we write a hypothesis and we try to let the hypothesis figure out, i.e. we guess something and then we let the data tell us which way it's going to go. Go and talk to customers right now more than ever before. These are the primary channels that they have and they want to be involved in the design process. So research, talk to customers, get them involved in your experimentation, design experiences for them because that's what you're doing anyway. So rather than guessing it, ask them, bring them into the qualitative research understand what their needs are and design experiences and then find the best out of those in your AB tests. But I think everyone's contribution is going to be key. So look, uh, with that, that's coming on to our hour. I want to thank everybody very much for joining us. Richard, thank you for taking the time out. You're welcome. <laughs> John, thanks very much for joining us. And as always, Jess, thank you very much for joining us. So that is our, uh, our kind of COVID special, let's call it. Uh, I hope some of the ideas that we gave will help you guys. Uh, my name again is Nima. I'm the CEO of New Republic. Remember, if you have any comments that you want to add, put it at the bottom of the, the iTunes or Spotify or whatever account you're using to listen to this. There's a link to our hello account. Leave us your comments. Again, if you need any suggestions from any of us guys, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but I'm supposing you'd be open if someone had a question for one of you guys to be able to forward it on to you.
everyone's nodding at me. So Very if you do to. have any questions or you need some help, uh, I know Optimizely is helping out some companies who are in need at the moment. You do need some help. Please just reach out. We're you know, here with a friendly word and some thoughts that might help you get through this. All right, with that, thanks for listening. Have a safe and wonderful isolation period if you can. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.